alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 114th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Um, you know what? Enjoying a rather nice week in Minnesota. Uh, it's cooled off. It's the 70s, 80s. It's pretty good. How about uh, how about in your neck of the woods? Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, Actually, we cooled off this week, too. It actually kind of sprinkled a bit today. It was our first like measurable rain that we've had in three months. So that was nice. It got down to just over 100. So pretty cool today compared to last week when it was 118. So now with the sprinkles, does that mean the drought is currently over in Arizona? Still very much going on. Okay. All right. We haven't had a good monsoon since I moved here, basically. Oh, uh, yeah. my my. The only reason I even knew it was going on is because my dad said he saw some special like it was the newscaster guy and he was like standing in a lake. He's like, technically, I should be 15 feet underwater right now. <laughs> yeah, he's just standing in there. Yeah, I believe that's the reservoir that the Hoover Dam makes. I, I can't gotcha. think of what it is called right now, but it's at historically low levels, so well, it's it's kind of scary. I don't know if this is w- what caused it, but my dad said they think it's because it didn't the mount in the mountain areas in northern Arizona. There wasn't like a lot of snow, so there's a lot of water missing that is usually melted and comes down during the spring summertime. Yes. Yeah, we've had a really bad drought for the past years, few mm. years, and that includes like the snow that usually hits the the mountains too. Yeah. So. Uh, might have to start learning how to I don't know, to convert salt water into drinking water, I don't whatever you call that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the dream, but the problem is it's so energy expensive. It takes so much energy to turn salt water into regular water. I mean, there's really not very efficient ways to do it. So it would be really expensive. But I mean, maybe in a, you know, if the thing is, if it's really needed, maybe they can figure it out. But yeah. I I actually wanted to say something. So I okay. listened to, I listened to Bumblebutt on my speakers at work. And I, I was actually working around about two or three different people this past week. And they all kind of mentioned this. Part three, the guy, you guys just did. You guys mentioned her escape. The genius escape of her buying a plane ticket <laughs> to Los Angeles and then also buying a bus ticket to Los Angeles <laughs> yeah. to throw them off of her scent. And then she actually takes the bus to Los Angeles. Yeah. not That was not, great. Not, I uh, love that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how she killed so many people and such an idiot. Like, literally go anywhere but (laughs) where you bought a plane ticket to. Yeah, well, I mean, she really did, except for the plane ticket and the bus ticket. That was just 
hubris really yeah. i think is she thought she could just still get away with it i think the real thing is she kind of followed the handbook of she picked the most vulnerable people to be her victims she kind of projected herself as a saint and she did it during a time when you could get away with shit like that you know yeah try like see her trying to get away with that shit now you know she would never be able to like cash someone else's fucking social security no check. no 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 no, absolutely not. I was like, there's definitely people who take advantage of the vulnerable, but yes. uh, cashing their checks are, is a little bit more complicated. Yeah, definitely. You can't just, uh, what did she do? She just grabbed a, a paper ID that yeah. they had back in the yeah. 80s or whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I just I just wanted to mention that they well, it was a great series, but there was like two or three people who overheard it who all mentioned just that one part, how stupid it sounded. <laughs> was and then uh i think adam was the one who kind of yelled out like she could literally go anywhere yeah <laughs> and she decided to go to la so it was just it was great uh you know what do you remember the show i almost got away with it yes i do i i can even remember a guy on that show was like yeah i he like drew like directions on a map and like abandoned a car so yeah. the cops thought he was going to that place and then he went like completely in the opposite direction see if she would have done that brilliant but didn't do that yeah she might have died a free woman if she would have just bought the ticket to la and then just went somewhere else you know she could have went off she was up in sacramento she could have went off into like fucking utah or montana out in the sticks changed her name completely new person she could have died out there a free woman yeah like it's just amazing that she also took the bus to la I think they, where they thought she might be. I think they believe her ultimate goal was to get to Mexico, but mm. I I don't know. I don't, she probably wasn't going to make it there either. Um, but uh, one last thing before we get in here, Phil, I wanted to bring up. Now I know some of our fans probably enjoy this show, Monster Quest. Okay, classic okay. show. Now I literally just stumbled upon it that. It's supposedly coming back August 28th of this year. Oh, wow. Now, I didn't, I couldn't really tell if it was a short, smaller, like special series return or if it was like actually a completely new se season, but it is coming back the 28th. Nice. I, well, I mean, they've already seemingly, like, the show is kind of older now. I wonder if they're going to just redo all of the kind of like the monsters that they've already done or if they're going to go out and try to find new ones because they've already I think they already kind of hit the headliners. Well, maybe they have new evidence or something. I don't know. Something like that. Dude, that was okay. like so you were you were still living in Minnesota at the time. That was probably what? 2010, nine, 2009, 2010. Was it 2009. Yeah. 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 So. And I think during that time, they were on, like, their fifth season, so... <laughs> yeah, it was, um... Yeah, it's been a while. It's... Yeah, that used to be the go-to, put something on in the background while you're playing video games on your computer. It's what I do right type, now. Type show, yeah. Yeah, it's what I do right now. I'd, I'd recommend anybody watch the Monster Quest about giant rats. It's very funny. They have a homeless man <laughs> as a material witness for the giant rats. It's pretty good. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. But anyway, Phil, let's uh, pick up from part two here. Number one was a lot of fun. I have a feeling number two is going to be a lot of fun as well. Yeah. Um, 
if you kind of like the horror stories from the last one, we do have a, a really bad true crime incident that happens in this one for the horror stories. But Ooh. yeah, it's also got some horror stories in it. But just like last week, let me start off with just a couple questions. How often would you say that you use a, a ride sharing app such as Lyft or Uber? Well, um, back when, well, you know what? On vacation, for sure, use it a lot. Uh, when I used to go to the downtown areas here, I would definitely use it because the parking there is atrocious. How yes. about yourself, Phil? Uh, about every other week, yeah. I go to the bars out in Gilbert, downtown Gilbert, and I take a lift home so I don't drive drunk. Now, so. well, okay, that's definitely... Um, a, a genius thing to do. I wonder if there was a study done how much Lyft and Uber has cut down on uh, drunk driving arrests. Oh, I've, I've seen articles on it. And yeah, it's definitely cut down the amount. I can't believe going home, like me waiting for my, my ride and seeing someone get pulled over or seeing someone get like, you know, taken out of their vehicle and doing a sobriety test. I can't believe people still drive drunk. When like Lyft and Uber are so easy. Yeah, I don't. Obviously, I was arrested when I was 18 because I was a dipshit. But you would assume these are grown adults that you are seeing getting arrested in, my, you know, in 2021. Yes. And it's just like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of I think it's just a lot of still like the, the boomers and the Gen Xers. <laughs> Kind of still think that you can just kind of drive drunk. Yeah. You know, like whenever, like maybe the boomers, especially the Gen Xers just kind of, I don't know. It's weird. But like people <laughs> our age and Gen Zers wouldn't like don't drive drunk. People my age, like you never hear them talking about like, oh, yeah, I was shit faced, but I drove home anyway. Yeah. You know, the, it's kind of weird. The literally the only people I ever hear brag about it are usually people in the country and people mm. who are really dumb. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's different if you live out in the like rural areas. It's going to be kind of hard to find a, a lift when there isn't one for an hour and a half away. Right. You know, if you live in Cresco, Iowa, there might there's some in Rochester, I think. That's it. OK, you know? here's the real question. So you're more of a lift guy over an Uber yes. guy. Yes. OK. Any particular reason? Are you going to get into that later? Well, I'll, I'll actually just jump into it right now. So I was actually coming home from visiting you up in Minnesota. I was at the airport and I visit uh, Veterans Day. So it's September or like early September, still hot as fuck. And I ordered an Uber. I have to wait at the Sky Harbor Airport. They have a little place for Uber and Lyft to pick people up. I was waiting just outside the pickup point and... I was waiting for my Uber. I saw him. He was like right down the road, waiting for him, waiting for him. He called me up. I told him where I was. He saw that he was going to have to not be able to drive straight to me, but have to go around. So he canceled my ride. So I deleted Uber. I downloaded Lyft and I got a Lyft home. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah I suppose I would do. I mean, I don't know. Is that Uber's fault or is that because that guy is an asshole? He's an asshole. Okay. But I, I treat, here's the problem. I treat basically everything the same way that I treat banks. You fuck me once and I'm switching. Okay. So if Wells Fargo fucked me over, I'm switching. <laughs> they haven't fucked me over in almost like probably 18 years. So I'm still with them. <laughs> well, I can but. see why you're not a Vikings fan then. 
Yeah, definitely. Because they are going <laughs> to fuck you over. Don't you worry about that. I was close. Brett Favre almost tipped me over yeah, the scales. But, he... <laughs> but I also wanted to ask one more quick question. Okay. So I realize that neither of our cities are set up for it. But when was the last time that you either ordered a, like a taxi cab or hailed one? <sighs> a real cab? Oh, man, it has to be years now. I, I actually mm. think the last time I took a cab and this is going to I've always wondered about this because I think this might be a little bit of some sort of weird corruption going on. But in the city of Hudson, Hudson, Wisconsin, OK, from where we live in the Twin Cities, we're on like pretty close to the border between Minnesota and Wisconsin. Well, Hudson mm. is kind of like a nice little town right over the border. And okay. a lot of people hang out there. They go to the bars at night or whatever. And I remember we were at my friend's house. We wanted to get an Uber to go to the bar, right? Yeah. And for some reason, Uber and Lyfts are not allowed, or they weren't at that time. They weren't allowed to operate in that city. And you had to get a yellow cab. Okay. I don't know why. I, any well, explanation for that? Well, I mean, we're going to talk about it a shit ton okay. later on okay. in the episode. But there are there are communities who protect their local taxi services. Uh, New York City is probably the best example, which I'll go into detail uh, later okay. on. But I was going to say, you said you were in Wisconsin. Is yep. that correct? Yeah. Now, I'm guessing at this bar, there was probably a lot of drug abuse and spousal abuse <laughs> happening there because of the, the state that you were in. Is that is that correct? Um, yes, we'll say that. Yeah, I imagine there's a lot of black eyes and uh, low literacy rates. Well, hold so. on. You got to remember the bar. We weren't at like the church slash bar. We were at like the <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I'm imagining the movie Roadhouse right now. Is oh, that yeah. Close? I, OK, I wish it was that cool. It wasn't that cool. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of a of the of the type of bar. It, it's kind of like one of those you always hear advertisements for on a radio, um, like where they're like, oh, come for the dance night or whatever. Do you know kind of what I'm talking about? Is it kind of a, a dive bar that pretends to be a club? Kind of, yeah. Okay, yeah. Kind of, yeah. That That's kind of like what we'd hang out there. Honestly, I don't miss it. Yeah. Pretty, gr- pretty yeah. gross. Anyway, uh, how about you? When's your last yellow cab? Uh, the last time I actually ordered a cab, I was in Minnesota on my way to the airport from your house. That's the last time I ordered a cab. Um, I was leaving during the week, so you and Shana were both at work. So I uh, I ordered a cab to go to the airport. Okay. And it was kind of – honestly, it was – except for the fact that I had to call in with my voice, it was mostly just like a uh, – just like an Uber, except for I called instead of typed it in on my phone. Hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I it wasn't very a memorable experience. It, they came and picked me up in a green van, I think. <laughs> I did want to say, though, I actually did see a yellow cab outside of my apartment complex that someone had ordered. And it was the first time I had seen a cab in probably three years. So Wow. I thought like, man, that is the ugliest looking Uber I've ever seen. And I like kind of walked up on it and it had like taxi on the side of it. So hmm. interesting. Yeah. yeah, I outside of the Hudson one, I almost think the last time before that is a time when my car broke down and I had to take one to work, I think. OK, but uh, God, that was 
over 10 years ago. I can tell you that for certain. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's been a minute for me too. Yeah. So anyway, let me, let me jump into this. So to start off, this episode has to do with an industry changing innovation that is called the ride sharing economy, which I explained pretty thoroughly last week. I kind of think I'm not really going to do it again. So if you want to hear that, go ahead and uh, pop over, listen to the first one, mostly to do with Airbnb. That'll get you a good explanation of what the sharing economy is all about. Yeah. Now, of the many innovations that have occurred in the last 20 years, probably the biggest changes to the way of life for all of us came from new companies like Uber and Lyft. And if, oh, if you're uh, an overseas listener, Lyft is just like Uber, but it's a lot smaller and it's pretty regional. It's only in cities in the United States and Canada. Okay. So it's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard to imagine the modern world that we live in without a person being able to just jump on their phone and have a car come and pick them up. Or nowadays, really, after the pandemic, a delivery driver that comes and picks up your food and drops it off for you from basically any restaurant in your local area. That really, like I mentioned, came up in 2020 when Mm -hmm. a lot of these companies like really started harping on the fact that they were doing this. And a lot of restaurants jumped on board, too, which is awesome. Right. Yeah, it's um, I I totally during this conversation about. Lyft and Airbnb or Lyft and Uber. I've completely forgotten about DoorDash and what the hell's the other one called? Well, there was Postmates, but Postmates. I'm going to mention it in the in the episode. But Uber did actually pick up Postmates. I think they bought them out. Okay, that's right. There's Uber Eats and there's DoorDash, and I feel like I'm forgetting. There's another big one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's uh. I know some people who do that, like literally order the, from those services like multiple times a week just so they don't yeah. have to go to a restaurant <laughs> or anything, which I guess if you can, it doesn't hurt your paper, your pocketbook or anything. Why not? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go there anyway, you might as well spend the extra couple of bucks. I mean, you're going to, you're going to spend money on gas anyway. So, right, right. Uh, so uh, just a quick question. I didn't know this Uber is international. Lyft is not. Yeah, well, I mean, if you count Canada as international. So I'm, I mean, the article that I was reading about Lyft, I didn't actually study as much on Lyft as I did Uber. Kind of the episode is really about Uber, but I did look up Lyft and apparently they haven't really like gone overseas yet. So they're mostly in cities in the United States and Canada. Okay. But they, I mean, since the article I read was written, they may have crossed into maybe Europe, but pretty sure they're still U.S. and Canada. Okay. Okay. I imagine eventually they'll get inter- international, you know. Yeah. Especially with the market picking back up after right. the end of the pandemic and everything. Yeah. So. And I've heard they treat their employees a lot better. Yes. Yeah. They kind of innovated by allowing not only, well, one of the big things is I'm going to mention in the episode is the fact that Uber wasn't allowing tipping. And Lyft was. Also, Lyft was allowing their people to also be subcontracted by Uber. And I think that made Uber actually change their ways. So, Gotcha. Okay. Yep. So the origin of Uber is actually very different than that of Airbnb, which we did last week. As actually one of the founders of Uber had already experienced a great amount of success in a previous startup. Unlike the founders of Airbnb, who were really just trying to pay off their rents. 
Uh, obviously, already being flush with capital to pump into your new startup really gives you a nice head start when you're trying to build up your company. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We should tell this guy about uh, pumping in a little <laughs> startup money for <laughs> Subliminal Deception podcast. Oh, yeah. Both of these guys have plenty of uh, they could basically <laughs> we could we could pick them up and shake them upside down and have enough money to shoot this fucker to the moon. So they've, <laughs> they've done well for themselves. But in December of 2008, Travis Kalenic and Garrett Camp, uh, Garrett Camp was actually at the time the CEO of StumbleUpon. They both came up with the idea for a black car service that a person could order directly from their smartphones. And this happened while they were trapped in a snowstorm uh, in Paris. And they were unable to get a cab back to their hotels. So they quickly brainstormed their idea and they came up with the company name UberCab. Uh, though they would actually drop the cab part on UberCab months after starting the company. Basically, just because they wanted to differentiate themselves away from a taxi cab service. Gotcha. Yeah. So the first round of seed money, that $250,000 to start off with, would actually come from co-founder Garrett Camp, his okay. own money. Okay. So he had like a, a small investment, small for him maybe, uh, yeah. investment. What is stumble upon a time? St- oh, stumble upon? Yes. Oh, stumble upon. Sorry. Yes. So, um, okay. So stumble upon, I did look this up. Stumble upon was a web discovery platform. It was kind of like a smart search engine. I'm not really sure exactly how it works. It kind of uses like a, a a new at the time algorithm. They called it web 2.0. So it Hmm. kind of like, it was a thinking search engine, which kind of like figured out what you might want to search later on. Is kind of how I look at it. It's been bought out by uh, another company. It's it's. It, I don't really even think you can like get in, get onto it anymore. I mean, so. it sounds like the technology that like Facebook and Instagram and Google use, uh, <laughs> where yeah, they like does. track everything you're looking at, and then those ads pop up when you're on other websites. Yeah, I do know that um, he did sell it for $75 million, and I believe it was eBay that he sold it to, but... Ooh, okay, all right, holy shit. Well, I mean, eBay does a lot of advertising as well. Now, Phil, what exactly is a black car service? All right, so I, I did look it up. A black car service is defined as kind of like a taxi cab that has drivers who are sent out from a dispatch office, and they're not really the kind of cab that you would hail on the street. It's kind of like a higher-end taxi cab. Gotcha. Okay, so because it's black, people would not be like, I can just hail a cab, essentially. Well, I mean, it's. I don't know if all of the cars are black cars, but it's it's not the kind that you could just wave to you. You have to actually call it up and have it sent to you. So, gotcha. Okay. That's a may- little more higher end than just, you know, waving it down. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. So the pair would team up with their old college buddies, Oscar Salazar and Conrad Whelan. And in March of 2009, the company UberCab would be founded in San Francisco. Uh, one of their first employees, actually, Ryan Graves, was hired after he responded to a tweet from the founder. One of the co-founders, Travis Kalenic, 
Basically, he was looking for experienced managers to help the startup. Graves would be hired on as the company's general manager and would actually be made CEO very quickly after that. Gotcha. So the the two initial ones basically turned into uh, what you, investors, kind of? Well, yeah, the two initial ones. So this uh, Ryan Kalanick guy has some interesting, like an interesting story behind him. Okay. So he was actually... He was actually kind of in charge of a company called Red Swoosh, which did not do very well. They actually had some fraud accusations (laughs) and he ended up uh, he ended up selling the company to another company that was kind of like in the similar business. And apparently there's accusations that he didn't tell the shareholders that they sold it or got any money for it. So apparently they sold it for like $19 million. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a rich people thing to do. Yeah. I don't know if he just kind of kept all that money because it's like, well, what happened to the money if he didn't give it to the shareholders or the people who the company owed money to? So I don't know. It's he if you read into him, he's he's a little shady. Okay. So, all right. Perfect for Uber then. Allegedly, I should say. Okay. He's allegedly right. <laughs> shady. Apparently, according to everyone who's ever met him, he might be shady. So except maybe his mom. So Ryan Graves, as I mentioned, served as CEO. He did this until December 2010. Uh, After that, he would be kind of like a senior vice president working for the company, uh, still in the corporate offices until about 2017. After that, he would stay on as a member of the board until the company went public in May of 2019. At that time, he actually stepped down from the board 10 days later. So he is now the CEO and founder of Saltwater, which is an investment firm that he started. And he has a net worth, according to Forbes.com, of about $1.2 billion. And that was as of yesterday, June 22nd. Jesus. Okay. What the? So he probably made a shitload of money off Uber and then started up this Saltwater thing. Yes. I imagine that... His, I didn't really mention this part. So it said that he got about like an, an, the initial sign on bonus that he got also gave him five to 10%. Uh, they didn't really give an accurate percentage of the stocks that he got. So he got about five to 10% of the company when he joined. So, I mean, back then, I mean, if like a little startup like that, they'll just give out shares willy nilly when they're starting off. But now imagine how much 10% of Uber is worth. Quite a bit. So, Quite yeah. a bit. So I, it's easy to see that he could be worth $1.2 billion. Yeah, yeah. And he's probably spent a boatload of money too. He'll probably spend more money in a year than we'll make in five lifetimes. So probably. It's one of those deals. Probably. Yeah. And that's like lowballing it. So <laughs> now for the company to get its first round of Uber drivers, co-founder Travis Kalanick called up professional black car drivers and told them that he was willing to pay them actually an hourly rate to start out, just to give them really a chance to test out the app and figure out if they liked it. Uh, of these first 10 drivers that he contacted, three would actually agree to sign on, and they would become the first official Uber drivers. This was when it was solely based in San Francisco. Many of the first rides were actually comped. This was in an effort to market the company by word of mouth. Really, a lot of these initial riders were kind of like big into the tech industry. So it was also coming in, you know, person to person among like important people in the industry. Gotcha. Okay. All right. 
So though Uber would start off as a black car service, the company would quickly become more of a ride-sharing company, more like that we know today. In 2012, they actually started UberX, which saw drivers using their own kind of more normal consumer vehicles. They also kind of highlighted that they were using a lot more hybrid vehicles. In 2014, they would start Uber Pool which had riders who were going kind of in the same direction, being able to jump in with each other and share the cost, mm. which I would never do. That'd be <laughs> weird. I wouldn't do that. Um, okay, so as far as I know, UberX is, they don't call it that anymore, right? UberX is just like a bigger vehicle now, correct? No, so that's Uber XL. Uber XL is their SUV. Uber X is their standard vehicle. It's their standard service still. Okay. Uh, but you can't, they don't have like a black car service really anymore though, right? I do. Well, they have Uber Black. Okay. Which All right. I'm pretty, like, that's kind of like a, like a higher end a little bit. Like Uber X is kind of their, their, you know, everyday normal thing. They also have like a luxury vehicle. Um, kind of component to Uber. They obviously have like Uber Eats. Uh, they have a bunch of different little things under their under their wings now. Mm. The uh, the closest thing that I got to a black car service from Uber was uh, <laughs> we were in Russia. Or sorry, <laughs> we're in Chicago. We were in Chicago. We we're in Chicago. <laughs> Might as well have been. Yeah, bastards. Um, and I think there's like six of us, and they needed to get a bigger Uber, or whatever. So they ordered yeah. like the XL. <laughs> it was literally like a black, like I think it was a Suburban or Denali or something pulls up. It's a Russian man in a tuxedo <laughs> and everything. And he's just like, that's just how he went out Ubering. It's kind of dope, honestly. But uh, yeah, yeah it, it was a unique experience. So I, I, when I was doing my research, I did read through that if you are driving for the Uber luxury, you can also drive for regular Uber because obviously Uber luxury and Uber XL uh, aren't going to get like as many. So he was probably driving for Uber luxury and Uber XL. Gotcha. At the same time. So I'm guessing that vehicle also was classified as a luxury car. That makes sense. Probably. Yes. Yes. Okay. Explain the suit. Yeah, that would explain the suit. If you would have paid the boatload of money more to get the Uber luxury vehicle, the same dude would have showed up, I'm <laughs> guessing. so Probably. Yeah. So now I'm going to kind of go into like the commercialization aspect of Uber, kind of how they came up. So early in 2011, when the company was still pretty brand new, the company raised about $11 million in funding from Benchmark Capital. And they would use this funding to expand into New York City, Seattle, Boston, Chicago, and Washington, D.C., as well as the city where the company was kind of imagined, Paris. Uh, Now, in that same year, Uber would actually raise $37 million more. And this was from Menlo Ventures, Bezos Investment Company, and Goldman Sachs. Yikes. I didn't even realize he had an investment coming. Like, honestly, I didn't even think he would dare give up a single nickel of his money. (laughs) I know. Well, I mean, those companies have to make money. At the time, this was like the hottest startup in the world, basically. This this startup was, you know, everyone thought it was going places really fast, which it did, obviously. But yeah, you can imagine that. I mean, 
he probably the money he gave at the time Amazon wasn't as big as it is now, but it was probably pocket change to him to give this money away to a startup yeah. that had well, a lot of potential. So yeah, and think of what percent did is he getting out of that company? Like usually yeah, I don't they really, get they get a percent usually. Yeah. So every time they kind of get money from these companies, they give up a little piece of that company. So that's usually how it works. I don't know what happens when they pool it together like these companies did. I'm not sure if they kind of kind of like on Shark Tank, how they work together. I know it's mm-hmm. nothing like how Shark, you know, but in Shark Tank, sometimes they like pool their money together and then they kind of take a split of the company. So I'm guessing yeah. that each of these companies probably got like a little piece. I know that Benchmark Capital will come up a little bit later on in the episode when um, the tr- co-founder Travis Kalanick is in trouble. They actually call for his expulsion. So they had some power like within the ownership of Uber. Oh, damn. So they probably own a good chunk of the company. Yeah. For that $11 million, it got about an 11% stake in Uber, which is now worth about $7 billion, or at least it was in 2019. Oh, damn. Okay. Quite a return on the investment there yeah yeah just a little bit i i don't know if bezos needed to get any richer but certainly did yeah i'm not exactly sure like how that's it's just an insane amount of money to turn in like they did that in 2011 in 2019 that was worth seven billion dollars that's exponentially more money yeah it's it's such a great investment i can't believe that (laughs) well bezos invest in subliminal deception you'll get some great returns yeah well, that's not Bezos is that's not his investment. That's Benchmark Capitals. Oh, that's for the eleven okay. million dollars. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's I don't like. Yeah, I didn't I didn't quite look up Jeff Bezos's personal investment in it, but that was Benchmark Capitals, the initial the initial funding. Gotcha. Okay, I'm sure he's getting enough too. Yeah, I'm sure whatever Jeff Bezos got. I mean, I'm sure it was massive money, but he probably doesn't even notice it. So. <laughs> He wouldn't even notice it if it like left his books. Really. No, probably not. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jeff Bezos would fucking notice it because he's fucking Jeff <laughs> Bezos. But So over the next eight years, Uber would obtain investment many, many more times from many more firms, banks, and tech companies, growing its value into the billions of dollars until, like I mentioned before, in 2019, when Uber's IPO would drop. It was sold originally for $45 a share and raised over $8 billion. Value in the company at $82 billion uh, at the time of its initial offering in 2019. Now, however, following the IPO, Uber's shares actually dropped 11%. This would result in the biggest IPO first day dollar loss in US history. So they started off on a real big high. They ended the day on a real big low. And this is when they started selling shares publicly, right? Yes. Yep. 2009 was when they went on the stock market. Or 2000, sorry, 2019 is the day when they went on the stock market. Now, a drop of some kind is normal, if I'm reading that right. It's just they had an exceedingly high one. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was so much money. The company was worth just a shit ton of money uh, on upon initial, like their initial valuation was a huge amount of money and then they it dropped so much from people buying and selling it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. 
So Uber actually posted a $1 billion loss in the first quarter of 2019 and a $5.2 billion loss in the following quarter. Wow. Really, yeah. So the really following 2019 also, kind of like I mentioned before, Uber suffered greatly during the COVID era. They actually had to lay off about 6,700 employees in the month of May 2020. Though Uber did, like I mentioned before, capitalized on the food delivery craze that swept the lockdown customers at the time. Uber would, though, declare a loss of $5.8 billion in the first three quarters of 2020. Damn. You know, this is a company that I wouldn't have really thought about, I guess, um, suffering during the pandemic. Here's the other thing. Yeah. Are all of those employees now, I'm assuming uh, if you work for Uber, you're kind of like a contractor. So it's like, did they those, lay them off? Those were office workers. Jesus, I didn't even know they had that many. Yeah, no, those were those were people working like in their corporate offices and people doing like advertising hr kind of like the things that keep businesses going they were those types of people engineers technical people the that was a 6700 people that got laid off jesus i didn't even yeah. know they had that many people working in a corporate office holy shit that's a lot of people yeah. Well, they have corporate offices spread around the world is, mm. their, is a thing because they have they have offices because they, they operate in all of these different countries. So they have to have offices in all these different countries used to kind of control things very, in those regions. Very good you know? point. Yeah. You don't really think about like that, too. It can't just be like in San Francisco. They have, you know, the corporate offices and that's it. They have to have satellite offices everywhere for all the different local laws and you know, everything like that. People who speak the language also very important. Kind of like to see how much money Uber took for its, uh, what is it? P PPP loan or whatever. Oh, I have no idea. I do know that they've gotten, uh, quite a few kind of like bailout loans yeah. over the years. So I don't know if they got any special kind of loan during the pandemic. Uh, though actually, Travis Kalenic was in the Trump administration working on kind of like one of those economic roundtables when Trump was getting all the CEOs to come kind of be advisors for him. So mm. he did have a relationship with the Trump administration. So I, he might have gotten something. Well, I know a lot a lot of big companies got took a lot of money. Oh yeah, definitely. That the the bailouts were mm. mostly going to the big corporations, mm. not so much the the little guys who were no. also hurting. Like the little the little mom and pops were also hurting, but they didn't really get as much of the you know anything. No, got to save so, Walmart first. Definitely, yeah. Make sure and make sure that Walmart can stay open. Yeah, and all of the mom and pops have to shut down. <laughs> definitely make sure that happens. <laughs> I should also mention that really in all of its years of service, Uber has almost never been profitable. Really? And has mostly, yeah, and has mostly kept going through kind of like sweetheart little bailout loans that they've gotten, uh, previous angel investments, and really the kind of like the initial offering when they got all of that money uh, when they sold their when they sold out kind of like their IPO in 2019. So it's kind of – it's one of those weird things where you don't really think about it. Uber doesn't really make money. Like it's kind of amazing that they're still going. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine the company itself, most of the money they are getting from people who have to pay that initial fee to sign up for Uber. And I think you have to go get Uber's car insurance or something like that. Yeah, there's a there's quite a few programs that kind of keep them afloat. Uh, they also obviously get a percentage of every ride. Uh, basically, you know, I mean, the standard things that you think that they would get. But yeah, they um, with all of the kind of little companies that they have, they also are kept afloat by giving up part of their company to other companies that kind of do the same thing, but getting a large percentage of their competitors company. So instead of them having to make a profit, now they get money from someone else making a profit. That's kind of also how they get some income in. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. They're kind of like cutting off little pieces of themselves to hopefully like give to another company to make some money in return. So. Gotcha. Now to change things up a little bit from last week, I'm just going to go straight into some of the horror stories from Uber drivers and passengers. Cause I think <laughs> th- those ones, those were a lot more fun oh, and yeah. kind of like the economic impact, which I started with last week. Yeah. So now, like I mentioned last week, there's quite a few. So I tried to pick uh, from a range of different sites and places to find some good ones. So here's the first one. I once had a passenger immediately ask me if I used perfume when they got into my car. I said no, but I had an air freshener and that I'd be happy to throw it out if it bothered them. The passenger made me sit with the windows down to air out the car for 20 minutes. Then they proceeded to apply copious amounts of essential oils all over themselves to calm themselves from the smell. The essential oil smell was far stronger than my air freshener and gave me a headache. Also, it lingered in my car for two days. Yikes. Holy yep. shit. Who the hell is that crazy person? Yep. So we got uh, an essential oils lover. I figured that one should be first from the Yikes. episode. So. Oh my. I would have honestly fucking canceled that goddamn Uber and just kicked him out of the car. Jesus. Definitely. Honestly, sitting on just for the making me sit in my car to air it out for 20 minutes, I'd have been gone. I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I'll drive around a little bit to air it out. I'll be back in a few minutes and then just left. Just dumped him. That fucking stench is probably coming from her beehive haircut with all the hairspray in it. <laughs> Your name isn't Karen, is it? It just <laughs> happens to be. You know what? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you, you see, you saw the news report or whatever. Uh, least popular name last year and this year, I think, is Karen. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> Nobody's a, naming their kids that anymore. That's been crowding my newsfeed on my <laughs> uh, on my phone. Is that no one is using the name or no one's calling their babies Karen anymore? It's so. kind of funny. Yeah. So the next one. I was having trouble getting to the pickup destination because of a car accident. As I got closer, I learned that the pickup location was the accident. The rider came stumbling to my car and stated that he had just been hit by a car while he was riding his bike. The drop-off destination was the hospital. Now, only in America do we take Ubers instead of ambulances to the hospital. That was from somebody in Illinois. Honestly, though, um, sad, sad but true. Yes. Sad but true. Yeah. Some of our uh, listeners in other countries may not realize this, but just the ambulance ride to the hospital 
you could use that money to buy yourself a very nice used car about what seven thousand dollars if you don't have insurance yeah yeah um fuck it's uh it's pretty insane honestly and i guess if it's not fatal yeah take a uber yeah if it is fatal for the love of god just get in the ambulance if you're having a heart attack or a stroke or something just get in the ambulance if you're oh definitely if your arms are broken from a car accident maybe just get in the ambulance well if your arms are broken from the maybe get a ride yeah but i mean honestly if the cops show up you're gonna be in an ambulance yeah so yeah absolutely If you're not too bad, then. But just the fact that an ambulance showed up to the scene and like looked you over, you're gonna get charged quite a bit. So, mm, mm-hmm. because that counts too. Yeah. So. Yeah. So this next one is from Nick in Toronto. Mm. One time, probably after 3 a.m., there were six people at a bar. One of them was lying down on the sidewalk, <laughs> and the guys picked up the girl and put her in the van. She was out cold. And I was like, what? It's just her? Is she okay? Is she going to throw up? And they said, no, she's all right. She's not going to throw up. She already threw up. So I get her to her house. I call out her name and she doesn't wake up. So I'm knocking on the door, but nobody's awake and no one's coming to answer. Finally, a guy comes down and I said, I think I have your sister with me in the car. I'm her Uber driver. She's passed out. And he was like, what are you talking about? Another woman comes out, possibly an older sister, and the two of them tried to wake her unsuccessfully. Well, the guy picks her up, and the older woman starts hitting her and slapping her. And the girl kind of opened her eyes, and they're speaking in their language, maybe Hindi or Punjabi or something. I'm not sure, but once they got back inside, they were probably still hitting her and questioning her. The first thing I did when I got back to the car was report the Uber, report the incident to Uber. What the fuck is going on here? This yeah, is a so, horrible story. Yeah, I know. Her awesome friends just dumped her in an Uber and just waved goodbye, basically. Like, get her out of here. Yikes. Holy shit. A true story about my experiences here. Not this, obviously, but um, there. I'll never forget at a friend's wedding, one of the bridesmaids, she wasn't drunk or anything. She just, like, fell asleep in her car, but, like, yeah. locked the keys with her in the car, but we had to move the car because it can't couldn't stay parked there. But, dude, we could not give, get her up. We were, like, pounding out of the windows. We were shaking the whole fucking car. She would not wake up. We're, like, calling her phone. You can see it ringing in the car. <laughs> and eventually, after hitting the window so much, like, it fell off of the slider. And yeah. fell down, and we were able to get the door open to drive. We drove her home, and she still didn't even wake up the whole time. Yeah, that would be funny if you, if honestly, you drove her home, put her in the uh, driver's seat, and then just buckled the seatbelt, turned off the vehicle, and made it seem like she drove herself home. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, God. Honestly, we couldn't even wake her up to get her inside. She was- she had to sleep outside in her car for a while. <laughs> nice. it, like, I don't know. She was out cold, man. She was sleeping hard. But anyway, yeah, this is, man, these friends are fucking shitty. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's 
definitely the kind of people you really wouldn't want to hang out with if you know you're going to be like the kind of person who just gets shit hammered. But it, it could also be the situation where maybe she doesn't drink that often and doesn't, you know, doesn't have a tolerance built up or doesn't realize how much it takes for her to, you know, go over the edge. Well, still, so. like if these are your friends, you don't just dump somebody in a random Uber. No, definitely not. You at least jump in the Uber with them and, you know, yeah, make sure they get inside. Shitty friends. Make sure that, at least make sure they're safe. So this is the second to last one. This one is a, a kind of a funnier one, and it's not quite as horrifying as the last one's going to be. One time, someone put a blow-up doll with two 40s duct taped to the <laughs> doll's hands in my passenger seat and said that the Uber dr- that the Uber was for her. He closed the door and uh, just drove me and the doll to the destination. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's more of a troll there. Yeah, definitely. Okay. It's just, I think they were just having some fun. They were obviously probably shithoused. Yeah. And they kind of sound like frat guys, honestly. Probably. But, probably, honestly. That's, uh, yeah. that's pretty funny. Yeah. So this last one is pretty fucking terrifying. You've probably heard about it with your true crime kind of background. Possibly. So a Michigan Uber driver, Jason Brian Dalton, was charged with six counts of murder for a rideshare-assisted killing spree in February 2016. Dalton was accused of driving from one target to another, shooting people at random, and picking up and dropping off Uber riders between shootings. Authorities say he shot a woman in the parking lot of an apartment complex, then shot and killed a father and son outside a car dealership, and finished his spree by shooting five people in the parking lot of a Cracker Barrel restaurant killing four and gravely wounding a 14-year-old girl. Now, remarkably, he continued driving people around, including one person who took an Uber as an alternative to walking while an active shooter was on the loose, only to wind up in Dalton's car. The rider took the ride, having no idea he was in the alleged shooter's car, though he wasn't harmed. Now, Dalton was arrested without incident in downtown Kalamazoo with no apparent motive to the killing spree or any connection to the victims. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I've definitely heard of this guy. I'm not really sure. Is he related to Andy? Andy Dalton. Yeah. I do not know. I, red I do wonder. He might have red hair. I'll have okay. to, it has to be confirmed. If he has red <laughs> hair, definitely definitely related to Andy Dalton. I wonder how his throwing arm is. <laughs> no, but um I I don't know. It's uh, maybe this guy just straight up snapped. Um you know what I mean just I don't know, lost it, his shit and just went on a rampage. It could be. So I'm going to mention it at the very end of the episode. Uh some of the pushback against Uber is the fact that they well is the allegation that they do not do good enough um, background, like background checks, checks gotcha. on their drivers. Gotcha. This guy is actually one of the examples. However, his background check wouldn't have shown any criminal history anyway. So really, you can't... I mean, there's no... He has no history of um, crime. I don't know about mental illness, but he has no history of like a you know criminal record or doing anything like this. So violence or anything. So it's one of those deals where Uber can't really be at fault for hiring this guy when he seemed, you know, his background check maybe said he was a normal dude. Maybe he did just snap one day, but yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. You never really, 
You never yeah. really know when people are going to do that type of thing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's really sad and tragic, but it's like, yeah. you know, how are you supposed to know? Yeah, it's real. Well, it's it's scary with these spree killers, too. You would like to think that you could maybe if you saw this guy in the street, you would look at him and be like, oh, that guy looks like a crazy motherfucker. You know, not like somebody who you would feel comfortable jumping into a vehicle with and having him take you places. Right. You know, right. Like, that's what's so worrying. Yeah. That this guy, you know, held down even if it was an Uber driving job, he held that down and even drove people around while he was killing people. So hmm, it's fucked up now. That's kind of over. I'm going to go a little bit into kind of like the economic impact and some of the things really that Uber has been doing and uh, really a lot of pushback too. So just like the company from last week's episode, Airbnb, these ride sharing companies have ruffled a lot of feathers in the communities where the programs have really just upset the norms of business, uh, kind of upending the old systems of public transportation and the taxi cab services. This has seen Many community, state, and national governments fight back against ride-sharing companies like Uber and Lyft, uh, in some cases actually making it illegal for the companies to operate within their borders. Now, one example, New York City has been fighting against Uber and Lyft on and off for years now. 2018, the Limo and Taxi Commission, something you've probably never heard of but very powerful, was trying to gain the power to regulate what the minimum wage for Uber and Lyft drivers would be, along with regulating the number of rideshare drivers on the road, also calling for a year-long freeze on new drivers while the commission investigates the company's impact on traffic in the city. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I, I'm not saying it's right, but New York City... Jesus, can you think of another place in the world where, like, cabs are iconic, I guess? Yeah. Going to go into that a little bit. Okay. But definitely the reason why this commission is trying to kind of cut down on Uber and Lyft is for that reason, especially. Okay. All right. Well, I'll let you get into that. Yeah. Now, one of the biggest problems was, like you mentioned, the iconic New York City yellow cabs were losing revenue and riders. Really, if you think about it, who is going to go out and hail a cab when you can instead kind of just set it all up on your phone and guaranteed to have one come and pick you up? Unless you're maybe in like some of the, the bigger, you know, downtown or the like Broadway or the the vacation areas, the the places where people visit. Yeah, where like there's Times a lot of Square. cabs. Like Times, Times Square. Square. That's, yeah. that's what I was trying to say. So if you're in like Times Square, maybe you'll hail a cab. But if you're anywhere else in the city, this has to be more convenient. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. So in New York, a taxi driver has to have what is called a medallion in order to operate. Uh, really, a lot of them, it was their lifelong goal for these yellow cab drivers to own their own cab's medallion. Mm. Now, many of these medallions were costing as much as $1.3 million before Uber and Lyft became incredibly popular now those medallions which drivers still owe money on are worth as little as one hundred fifty thousand dollars. wow so is uber and lyft legal in new york now they are so uh they're they're kind of going back and forth they are able to operate in new york 
I'll go into it a little bit, like kind of like what's happening now. But yes, they okay. are. Okay, all right. I almost feel like Adam mentioned Vegas is k- kind of like this. Uh, Uber and Lyft are only allowed on the Strip, I think. Or yeah, maybe they can't is, work the Strip or something like that. There's a like a lot of cities around the well around the world are actually kind of realizing Uber and Uber and other ride sharing companies because every a lot of countries have their own little ride sharing companies that have opened up to kind of like fill little voids. But a lot of these countries and governments are realizing that Uber is really having like ride share companies are having like a negative impact on not only their own drivers, but also like traffic, minimum wage. There's a lot of problems. So the environmental yeah. impact of having yeah. all those cars on the road too, right. all the time. It might be better if like more people shared rides together you know, thus cutting down with all the cars. But like you said, like, like you immediately said, you're like, I'm not, not never doing that. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I, I wouldn't want to like kind of just jump into cars because honestly getting into the car with a stranger who's driving is one thing because at least I know they've kind of been, you know, vetted a little bit. At least I know that they can hold down a job and drive a car. Who knows who else the fuck is getting in that vehicle? You know? Right. Right. They could be from true. Pittsburgh for all I know. <laughs> they might shit in the back seat. Leave yeah, it a five star review. <laughs> that is the five star review from Pittsburgh, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully they don't like the ride. So this problem came along really as a result of rideshare drivers increasing to eighty thousand in New York City in two thousand eighteen. Wow. Okay. Holy shit. Yeah. And to give you an idea about how many taxi cabs there are, there are only 13,500 medallions in circulation. So that's uh, that's why, as many that's as many as are allowed. Huh, I wonder why it's such a specific amount. Well, see, the thing is they were trying to cut down on the number of taxi cabs in New York City when they came up with the idea of the medallions. So basically, you're not allowed to pick anyone up off the street unless you have that medallion. So if you say you wanted to start your own cab company and you just drove around and picked people up who were hailing you, that's illegal. You can't actually do that. You need to have a medallion to pick someone up who's hailing you. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I I kind of get it because otherwise you'd have like so many goddamn (laughs) cab drivers just wandering around, right? Yes, and that's exactly why they're trying to cut down on the number of Uber and Lyft drivers Mm. is because of all of these cars creating more and more. That adds 80,000 cars onto the street who could be just driving around at any point, just wandering around, picking up people and dropping them off. So it's not like it's just 80,000 cars that are parked for 99% of the day. And they drive around a little bit, like to and from work or to the store. Yeah. They're just driving around for hours in circles, yeah. basically. Well, New York has an advantage, too, because you have like the subway system uh, and things like that. So you don't necessarily – and it's a walker's city, really. Yes. But the thing is Uber and Lyft are actually kind of taking away a little bit from their subway systems also. Not as much as they are from cabs. But the the subway systems are getting used less, especially during during COVID, 
they yeah. they've the the subways have taken a big hit because no one wanted to be in a fucking sealed tube yeah. with sick people. So yeah, there is plenty of non-COVID sick people in there before, from the sounds of it. Yeah, well, <laughs> not even the homeless people are using the trains to jerk off anymore. So apparently, from what I heard uh, on it is in, television, it is in New York. If there's not a pool of uh, of jizz <laughs> on the train, a pool of homeless jizz. Yeah, yeah, I all. Uh, that was uh, between the bumbles I listened to today. I enjoyed your uh, your deep dive into what jizz what jizz is actually made of. That was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about the protein content of uh, mm. spooge. There you go. That was pretty good. That was fun. So yeah, definitely. So as of right now, there is actually an ongoing lawsuit against the taxo against the taxi and limo commission and the city of New York. This was for artificially inflating the price of medallions to over a million dollars, making the city $855 million between 2004 and 2014 from the selling of those medallions. Now, the suit also alleges that the city initially allowed Uber and Lyft into the city, and this was so that they could push many of the yellow taxi cabs off of the road. Hmm. Okay. So the the actual local government owns these medallions, or is it the limo and uh, taxi commission? So the limo and taxi, the taxi and limo commission actually are the ones who are kind of in control of all of it, but the money goes to the city. Okay. 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 I yeah. gotcha. They're kind of they're kind of accusing the city of allowing Uber and Lyft to to let them instead of making Uber and Lyft buy medallions too. They're saying that they let them put as many vehicles as they wanted onto the roads to start off with. And that really pushed all away a lot of the people who had medallions, who paid a lot of money for them, and now they're worthless. So mm, okay. There was the the big problem is that a lot of these taxi cab drivers who bought these medallions were committing suicide over the fact that something oh. that they had bought for a million dollars was now worth $150,000. So Oh, that's sad. Yeah. I mean, definitely imagine if you bought a house for a million a million 3 and now it's worth $150,000. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that does happen, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's I couldn't imagine a house going from being unless it was like, you know, Somewhere that one of those situations where a hurricane hit, like a house going from being worth 1.3 million to 150,000. But yeah, if imagine if that happened, you would just think it's the end. Everything you've worked for is gone, pretty much. So right, right. Unless you're Jeff Bezos, because you shit that <laughs> money. So now another thing we're going to talk about is something called grayballing. Hmm. Have you ever heard of grayballing? I have not. It sounds like something an old person has. I don't know. Yes. I had to look it up just to make sure that Brett Favre <laughs> didn't pop up when I Googled it. There you so, go. Grayballing is the practice of tracking the phones of suspected law enforcement officers in cities and countries that the company is not exactly allowed to operate in. Uh, some examples of these places are Portland, Australia, South Korea, and China. Now, this is an effort to stop any sting operations from occurring by showing suspected law enforcement agents or officers fake ride-sharing vehicles on their app and never sending them 
any real drivers to their pickup locations. Now, Uber figured out that if the app user frequently opened that app while at a police station or a government building, then that person was probably a cop. And that's who would be getting grayballed. Okay, am I following this correctly? They use their app to figure out about cops' locations? No, the cops cops are doing sting operations on them, right? Yes. So here's the thing. So these law enforcement agents are trying to do a sting operation on, let's say it's Uber. They're trying to get an Uber driver to come pick up them at a location illegally because uber is not allowed to operate in that area say it's australia or china whatnot so basically what happens is because uber has your location whenever your app is open uber has your location so if you open your app in a police station they know you're probably a cop so you know how when you open up uber or lyft it'll show you all of the cars around you yeah when that person's being grayballed, who opens up their app, basically what they see is a bunch of fake cars all around them. So they can't actually go and hunt down any of those vehicles because they're ghost cars. They're not really there. When they try to order an Uber or a Lyft or wh- who, who's ever using these, when they try to or- order that Uber, no car shows up because it never gets sent to any drivers. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Um, hmm. Okay. I would have never guessed the... <laughs> so someone in the company must find them when they're trying to over- open an Uber and then, like, put something on their phone or something, right? Oh, this is all software. This okay. Is, they actually have software that did this, so... Jesus, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go into it a tiny bit in a second all right, here. All right, let's they actually, Yeah, they actually had... It was their software that was finding these police officers and kind of scrubbing them from the system. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So in March of 2017, an investigation was opened up by the Portland Bureau of Transportation. Now, the organization found that Uber used Grayball software to initially evade the officers from December 5th to December 19th, 2014. This was to deny 29 separate ride requests by the Bureau Enforcement Officers. Basically, also in May 2017, Uber would actually admit that they did use the Grayball software. The United States Department of Justice would open up a criminal investigation into Uber's use of Grayball by basically using the system to avoid law enforcement agents. And in September 2017, the Portland Bureau of Transportation announced that Uber would not be receiving any formal punishments as it had actually complied with their investigation. So they just decided to drop everything. Wow. Okay. Here's my question. If the cops are here using this and they've tried to order 29 different cabs, right? Yeah. Do you think they're just sitting there looking around and be like, why does <laughs> everybody use on? this? No, they're like, why does everybody use this app? It fucking sucks. I can't even get a goddamn car over here. Something that I was thinking about. Could you imagine, uh, like, imagine someone who happens to work at a government building. They're just like, maybe they like do clerical work. Maybe they're like a, a office assistant or maybe even like a young, like uh, like an intern. And they just happen to always be like opening their app trying to get like a lift back home. Then they go outside and there's just never a lift. 
they end up having to like ride a bike or something just because <laughs> they're like, I can't, everyone's always saying like, Oh yeah, I got an Uber, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Uber fucking sucks. I never get, I never go anywhere with Uber. Yeah. They never fucking show up. God damn yeah. it. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty funny. Um, Jesus, I would have never even guessed they would do shit like this, but I guess it's a big corporation. They want to get away with whatever they can. Definitely. So the city of Portland actually said that Uber was, or the the person speaking on behalf of the bureau, I should say specifically, said that Uber was very beloved by the people of Portland and that it was kind of almost like a staple business. So that's why they weren't really pressing any charges against them. So Mm. I'm guessing some bread was buttered. Yes, that was my guess as well. Definitely. So another thing really is kind of like the whole deal with minimum wage violations for drivers in some of these communities. So one criticism that Uber has had made against them is really just their flouting of state and local minimum wage laws for drivers, which are usually put in place to protect the industries that employ drivers from really just being undercut and forced out of business. And like I mentioned before, New York City, where the Taxi and Limo Commission has been after Uber and Lyft for their minimum wage violations, uh, it was in order to curb those companies' operations as a whole. Though for the drivers, it's a real big difference between making like a decent living and simply just kind of getting by. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I feel like I've heard a lot of... uh steam coming in about these types of companies uber lyft whatever one like shipped uh doordash yada 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 um where they're trying to force the companies to pay them at least minimum wage because god some of them they like measured it out for what you actually will make and it's like two dollars an hour or something (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, after, because really you have to buy your own gas. You're driving around doing all this, the in-between rides. So say you pick someone up, drop them off. Now you have to drive like across, you know, a few blocks or however long it is, might be a few miles to go pick someone else up and then drive them to another location. You don't get paid for the gas money for driving from person A's endpoint to person B's start point. So really, if you look at how much you're spending on gas, especially now that gas has gone up like a dollar in the past like five months, that's also hurting them a lot too. I used to work with a guy who did like Uber on weekends or whatever, and he would always come brag about how much money he made over like this period of time or whatever. And it seemed like a lot of money and it probably was because he did it like all day for like two days straight. But then you're like, you know, you got to put some of this aside to like pay taxes on it. Like he didn't even, that wasn't even a thought in his mind. Yeah. It's, I mean, for people who do kind of like the private contracting stuff like that, who aren't like really paying into the IRS, there was a girl when I lived at the apartment complex in Tempe, when I used to live there, there was a, one chick who did in-home care services for elderly people and people with like really bad like problems where they like couldn't take care of themselves. She did a lot of that work and without working for a, like a major company that handled her taxes for her, she was expected to put the taxes away herself, but she never did that. 
So she owed, ended up owing like I think eight years back taxes that she had Ooh, never paid. Shit. So the IRS was after her for eight years of unpaid back taxes. I believe it. Yeah. And that's about the scariest thing I could fucking imagine. Yeah. Is just not paying your taxes for eight years. Like yeah. not a not a dime of taxes. So yeah, definitely he could find himself good and fucked by not paying his taxes. Yeah, unless you're like Bezos or Donald Trump, like you get you gotta pay your taxes. Yeah. Oh, if you're them, I mean you get paid not to pay your taxes, basically. Yeah. So. Bernie Sanders posted <laughs> Like how much Jeff Bezos has paid in taxes in the last, I think it was like last year. Some, it would, it was not much for him. No, it might've been like a hundred thousand dollars or something. Also, he has like a small army of people who handle his company's money. And he has a group of people who probably handle like just his money. And like, they know exactly like what to do. They probably have him like set up as a fucking like a farmer somewhere just to get, you know, money. Like that's a big thing for rich people is they'll end up buying a little bit of land out in the country and now they're a farmer. So they get this tax exemption. They also put the money through like Ireland or the Bahamas or something like that. Yeah. Not saying that he does any of that because I have no idea what he does. But yeah, it's it's little things like that. The little tax exemptions, the little, you know, finding little loopholes and shit like that. So Yeah, he's probably got quite a few of them. Definitely. So also, when it comes to what the drivers take home, Uber was actually taking a lot of criticism for not allowing their riders of those Ubers to give a tip to the driver in the app. And really, from what I read, this all seems to have been coming straight from the CEO at the time, Travis Kalanick, that uh, the asshole I mentioned before. And this is because apparently he had reservations about the act of tipping for good service. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm going to say this. Maybe this is controversial. I'm kind of hot and cold on the tipping system because mm. it's not that I don't think tipping is good, right? Tip people who do a good job. Absolutely. The problem is, is when companies then say, look, we're not paying you. You're going to be strictly being paid off of your tips. And then yes. it almost becomes like a, you're an asshole if you don't tip them because the the company they work for is not paying them a living yep. wage. So technically, when you don't tip them, you're hurting them for their fucking whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I will say I... I don't mind ever tipping anyone like a, a like a server or a delivery driver, you know, someone who kind of does that stuff, someone like um, the person like valets or that kind of work, someone who kind of like literally they did a service for you. They went and got you things or they went and did things for you, kind of like ran around for you or like kept coming back like a bartender. They did really good at coming back and making sure you always had like a drink in front of you. When it comes to like going to the vape store, running my credit card and asking me how much I want to tip the person who just basically handed me a bottle yeah. and said, that'll be $30. I hate that shit because then it's like they're standing right there. What do you do? You know, and it doesn't give you an option for like, would you like to give this person a tip? It's how much would you like to give them or no? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a weird setup how they got. Yeah. Now and that you, you, bring you know that. that- no, oh, I was going to say, you know that money goes to the company anyway. So, 
Now that you bring that up, I totally have forgotten about that. Yeah, it's it's kind of shitty. It's it's a shitty situation how these kind of like corporations are, like you were saying, making you feel guilty for you not paying their employees. Yeah. So. <sighs> yeah, that's capitalism, baby. Yep, fucking rich people. I have that in parentheses up there. I thought I should say it. So next thing I'm going to get into is like kind of something that they were big into in the past few years, but they've definitely gotten out of for a very, very big reason. That is autonomous vehicles. So Uber had invested heavily in self-driving vehicles, first rolling out the vehicles in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Wow. Okay. I'm half surprised the villagers uh, in Pittsburgh didn't like try to kill the car with their pitchforks. Yeah, or at least like steal all the tires and shit on the seats when the, you know, when the vehicle is driving itself around. True. So, true. Technically though, the vehicles at the time were being driven around by two safety people, engineers that mm. were sitting in the front seats. So, okay, all right. Yeah. Like autonomous vehicles, really they don't get to drive themselves around like people think they do. So, not yet. Not a, not not yet anyway. Mm. Not yet. Now, this was to customers usually in specially equipped Ford Fusions. Uh, These vehicles have been equipped with 20 cameras, seven lasers, global positioning system, something called LIDAR, and radar equipment. I believe LIDAR is laser radar. That would make sense. Yeah. The program was later moved to Tempe, Arizona, after the California government revoked the registrations of the test vehicles that Uber was trying to use in San Francisco. Now, however, the program in Phoenix would also eventually become revoked when, in March of 2018, an Uber test vehicle that was in self-driving mode struck a woman who was pushing a bicycle across the street. Now, the woman, Elaine Herzberg, would actually pass away at the hospital that night. She would become the first person to be killed by an autonomous vehicle. Now, the engineer, Rafaela Vasquez, who should really have been kind of more paying attention and in control of the vehicle, she was actually watching uh, YouTube videos. Apparently, it was videos of The Voice, I found out, on her phone at the time. And she wasn't able to hit the brakes before the vehicle slammed into the woman. There's actually a video of her in the driver's seat staring down at her phone. And you kind of see the moment when the vehicle hits the woman and she looks up from her phone. Basically, what happens is she's the engineer. She should have been paying attention with her hands above the steering wheel so that she could take control in case the vehicle like something went wrong. So she could be able to hit the brakes. How fast was the car going when it hit her? It was not going that fast. Um, I didn't see exactly how fast the vehicle was going, but um, basically the roads in Arizona, in uh, like Tempe. So all of the major roads, you can go like 45. So I'm guessing the vehicle was probably going like less than 45 miles an hour. So was it a kind of scenario where it was like the woman... Might have been crossing the street illegally. I mean, not saying that. that Definitely. Okay. Not to say that, that that's right for the vehicle to kill her, obviously. But it's like if it's programmed to not stop unless there's like a stop light, I could see this happening. And especially since this person wasn't paying attention. Well, okay. So here's the problem. 
So I'm actually kind of kind of I'm going to go into it a little bit. I had okay. to ask a there's a person at work uh, who kind of knows more about this stuff, like definitely knows more than I do. So I asked him about it and he explained kind of what the problem was with the whole um, the system. And it kind of happened really. It was because of the bike. So the woman. Uh, OK, so I, I lived in Tempe at the time, and I remember seeing this on the news. The first reports were kind of that this woman had been hit by an autonomous vehicle, and that was the big story. And then when the police came on, they said something weird. They basically said that she was crossing the street outside of the crosswalk. And then you're like, well, how far outside the crosswalk? It turns out that she had basically just, you know, she was illegally crossing the street, walking across with her bicycle. So the rule is, if you're doing this, you need to yield to vehicles. So she shouldn't, she should have yielded to the vehicle. Um, it happens all the time when you're driving in the metro, like the Phoenix metro area, where you'll see people just kind of like running across the street because there's so much space between crosswalks. But they're supposed to basically make sure that a vehicle's not coming. Yeah. So, I, well, I they, mean, yeah. and again, I'm not blaming the woman's death here, but it's like when you're crossing the street, jaywalking, essentially, um, yes. there's a little bit of common sense, I guess, that should be applied where it's like, okay, if I see a car coming, I'm not going to just be like, hmm. I wonder if I can just make it across there. Yeah, I should actually have you um, Google the woman's name and see the picture that the so when the news um, I forgot which news channel it was, but that I was watching. But when the when the people on the news basically like oh they were kind of like oh well we got a we got the we got a picture of this woman blah 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 you know we're gonna put it up right now they put it up it looked like a mugshot. Really? And it looked, she looked like she may have been a homeless person. So, okay. This, this did happen at probably, I think it was after midnight. Um, just basically what I'm going to kind of go into is the problem with why this vehicle, why this autonomous vehicle couldn't figure out if this person was actually riding her bike or walking her bike. And it has to do kind of like with the LIDAR. Okay. Um, All right. I, I I am looking at the pictures. It looks like she's walking her bike, but that's yeah. She was walking her bike. Okay. Okay. Yes. All right. So the problem is the self-driving vehicle couldn't figure out if she was walking her bike or riding her bike. So it kind of had trouble figuring out what it should do in that instance. Because if the person was riding their bike, then they would basically be in their own lane. But since she was walking the vehicle, the problem is this LIDAR, it kind of sends lasers out and the lasers come back. So it gets like a two-dimensional view of everything around it. So imagine if you're walking a bike across the street. If you see that in a third dimension, like in a third, in a 3D, third dimension, whatever, you see the person walking next to their bike, holding it to the side, walking with their hands on the handlebar, their feet on the ground. But imagine if all you saw was a picture of it. All you saw was a picture of a person and their body is in the middle of the bike. It almost looks like they could be riding that bike. Right. Right? Yeah. So that's kind of like one of the problems. Also, another big problem is, like I mentioned before, if that vehicle thinks that the person's riding their bike, they're going to assume that they're going to stay in their own lane, that they're not going to just kind of walk right in front of the vehicle. 
without even like flinching. So gotcha. Okay. Okay. That makes sense then. So, okay. I gotcha. It's just a all around bad incident that occurred. Yeah, it is. I mean, honestly, I'm going to say this. uh, I was going to put this towards the end. Um, Rafaela Vasquez actually was charged with negligent homicide in September of 2020. So she did eventually end up getting charged with the negligent homicide. So is she in jail? Um, this was this. She was charged in 2020. I did not see if she's been found guilty or if it's been to trial. Uh, that, there was no update since she's been charged. Hmm. God damn. Okay. Well, I looked yeah. up a picture of her. Um, so Rafaela yeah. Vasquez. Yeah. He, well, yeah. I mean, it shows a picture of all of them. So I'll have, I'm going to look into that and see if there's any updates on her court case. I'll do that after the, uh, episode here, but yeah, it's, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really, the, the strange thing is how many people die every day from car accidents, from cars that are driven by human beings. How many people have ever been killed by autonomous vehicles? And it's just this one person. Yeah. So I, when I lived in Tempe, there were these autonomous Uber vehicles driving everywhere. And basically, you would always see the person inside the car with their hands above the wheel, which meant that the vehicle was driving itself kind of deal, which is how she should have been driving in like the ready position. So all of that, all of those miles that those vehicles put out there, and there was no accidents, except there was one accident, but it wasn't the vehicle's fault. Uh, another person actually failed to yield and hit the hit the autonomous vehicle. That was the only other car accident that happened with the vehicles. Gotcha. Okay, I, I kind of get what you're saying, because the Raphael sh- uh, should have... Vasquez, yeah. Yeah, she should have been... Should have had all her, her hands on the steering wheel or whatever, paying attention. Yeah, she should have been paying attention. But what I was saying, uh, it's kind of sad how really it did kind of stop the whole autonomous vehicles because it was on the fast track to being pretty much approved everywhere. Like if if that wouldn't have happened, it might be more common to see Ubers driving themselves around. Maybe not by themselves, by themselves, but you would have like these autonomous vehicles. It's kind of like to get people more comfortable with them. You might see them in like many more cities. Now you really don't see them anymore. Right. Especially not like in Tempe where they got rid of them. So gotcha. Yeah, that's very true. Definitely. So I'm going to kind of finish this up. I mean, the real the thing is Airbnb had like a few a few bad things. Mostly it was bad actors who were like their private contractors. It's the opposite with Uber. Um, The company has had some really bad practices. There's I didn't want this to be a two and a half hour episode. So I'm just going to kind of mention them. They they have problems really with their competition and them doing like kind of shady things against Lyft and other ride sharing apps. A, a lot of the things they like to do is they'll kind of like pull pranks on each other. Will their where their workers will go out and like order lifts and never like show up or cancel the lift as they're showing up. Kind of little stupid little things like that. Um, like I mentioned before, the minimum wage thing. They have a big problem with their workers like getting fair compensation. A lot of they've had waves of workers basically quit ever since starting just because of like the practices. Also their corporate offices have a really bad history with sexual harassment in the workplace. And 
it's kind of like also mentioned that it's really a dog eat dog kind of office culture. Kind of like it's almost like the Wells poison, really. And that Kalenic guy was actually kind of forced out of the company by that first investment group that had all of that kind of like the they had the 11% of the company. They actually forced him out of the company because of kind of like mishandling uh, it back in 2017. So, I mean, really, this company, there's just a shit ton of stuff they're doing. Also, they've been really bad actors, like really bad. They've been really bad operators. They've been kind of, you know, flouting local laws and just kind of doing whatever they want. So it's I mean, there's just a a ton of stuff that they've been doing. So basically, um, to those listening, start using Lyft. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. I just <laughs> it was for for me. It's been a lot better. I yeah. like Lyft a lot more. Sometimes the the weird thing is you'll see an Uber driver or a Lyft driver. Every one of them also has the other person's sticker on them. So they'll have Uber, but they'll also be a Lyft driver too. That's a so good, it's kind of weird how it works. That you know what? That's a good point. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, that people do do that. Actually, yeah. the dude I knew who drove. All the time did that. Yeah. The thing is, Lyft, I've never been kicked. Like, I've never had a Lyft driver cancel on me. But that was maybe the second or third time that an Uber driver had canceled on me. So. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. That's why I switched to Lyft, basically. Okay. Well, you know what? I think I probably am going to start doing that as well. Because after this delightful episode, I don't know if I like Uber that much anymore. Yeah, I mean, Lyft probably isn't much better because they're also trying to do the same kind of minimum wage changing laws. They're also kind of flouting, you know, uh, the laws in the communities. But I mean, they did. They were the first ones to add the tipping function onto their app. So that's nice of them. You know? Yeah, I suppose. And you get yeah. the cool little neon light thingy. Yes, yeah, definitely. That's worth the whole trip is getting that whole little (laughs) neon lift fucking sign in your windshield. Oh, yeah. Well, Phil, this has been a long boy here on the the sharing uh, economy things. I think people learned a lot. I think we've kind of uh, maybe a little bit thought-provoking. Think about these things before you use them, I guess. And if if you rent with Airbnb, don't be a fucking cocksucker. And ruin the home you're staying in. And if it's a shitty Definitely. home, make sure you report their asses. Um, yeah. Also, also, if you feel like you might throw up, don't get into an Uber. No. And don't just throw your friends in there when they're asleep or passed out. What the fuck is wrong with you yeah. guys? Jesus Christ. But uh, anyway, Phil, Definitely. I would love if anybody out there has either a crazy Uber story or a crazy... Uh, Airbnb story or whatever, uh, send it to us. We want to hear it. Where can they do that, Phil? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was also thinking, too, if any of our uh, listeners overseas want to talk about what their thoughts on like tipping are, uh, that would be great, too, because I always love to hear from people from other countries how they feel about tipping. They can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we've actually gotten a lot of great emails in the past month. It's really, really, uh, really been coming in. So thank you for all of that. A lot from uh, other countries too, Canada, Sweden, uh, coming from everywhere. You can also hit us up on our Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Like, love hearing from everybody. You know, great to hear from people, the fans, everything. Thank you for the suggestions and everything. 
Cody and I both have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is sdpodphil. Cody, you got one? Yeah, you can follow my personal Instagram at Cody'sabub. The last thing we need you guys to do is to log on to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review. doesn't really matter what you say. Just type whatever you want in there uh, as long as it's five stars. Or if you are a Spotify user, all you have to do is hit that follow button. It's apparently just like a iTunes review for Spotify. Otherwise, Phil, excellent job. I love this two-parter. This These are kind of uh, businesses that are... I don't know, our generation's type of, I don't know, what do you, problems or economy or whatever. So it's, uh, it's very fascinating. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. I like, uh, I mean, it is nice to go get away from, uh, like, you know, the river monsters and, yeah. the, you know, the killer, the, uh, the dictators and the killers and everything. But I think next week I'll have to get back into a crazy, uh, conspiracy, an actual conspiracy. I've been kind of off the rails a little bit lately. So. <laughs> oh, well, it's all good. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.